0: Welcome to Brunch with BBB, a podcast about real life marketplace issues and trends that matter to both business owners and consumers in and around the triangle in Eastern North Carolina. Each episode, you're going to hear incredible conversations on some of the most challenging and important marketplace topics with perspectives from a variety of featured guests. So grab your coffee and get ready for an exciting conversation with your hosts, Louise Felice and Nick Hill of Better Business Bureau serving Eastern North Carolina.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Brunch with BBB Podcast. Um, I think you guys already know who am I, but my name is Luis Feliz, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Nick Hill. Hello there, everyone. So last episode was our 2021 year in review, where we reflected on all kinds of things, um, from restaurants, from all the pounds we gained from eating at those restaurants, um, those restaurants that were recommended to us from the amazing guests that we had. So this year um, has been a huge blessing um, for Brunch with BBB, but we're not done yet. Today we have not one, but we have two amazing guests joining us today. We have Mike and Maria Citera. Welcome to the show, guys.
0: Thank you. Excited to be here.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us.
3: Now, for those of you guys who don't already know, Maria Satira is the director of marketing and communications for the Greenville Eastern North Carolina Alliance. And her brother, Mike Satira, is a graphic designer for a Fortune 500 company. So we figured we want to bring them on today because today's episode is all about how businesses can show that they are trustworthy through their branding. Now, I want to get to Mike and Maria as soon as we can because, you know, they're the real experts here, but I have just a few statistics with me that can really help show the importance of branding for your business. Um, The first one is that on average, it takes five to seven impressions for people to remember your brand. Also color improves brand recognition by 80%. That's a huge jump. And going off of that too, 81% of consumers say they need to be able to trust the brand before they buy from them. So once again, it is so, so, so incredibly important for customers to see trust in a brand. Um, But before we really dive into talking about trust and branding, we have this one question that we
1: ask everybody on the show. Yes, that one important question that, you know, cannot go without being asked. Maria, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with this question. So the little birdie told us to ask this question. And uh, let's start with you, Mike. What is maybe your favorite brunch place or um, brunch dish to eat? Uh, Brunch
2: dish would be eggs benedict. Give me the poached eggs with hollandaise sauce. I mean... I'm kind it of is, sad. They, they only give you, when you order it, it's usually just two, right? Like two on an English muffin. Like, give me like,
1: I could eat double that. <laughs> he is bougie. <laughs> My gosh. I love, you know, I never had egg benedicts. I don't even know how to say it. I egg. never had it. Don't judge me, guys. It's, I mean, you got to try it. Good, right? Oof. How about you, Maria? We I, I don't remember what you said last time, but remind me so I can get hungry again.
0: Well, I switched it. Um, I think I said a local cafe in Greenville, but I'm switching it now because I love this new spot and it is worth the drive. It's about an hour from Greenville, probably obviously further than that from Raleigh, but it is worth it. Spoon River Artworks and Market, which is in Belhaven, North Carolina. That's in Beaufort County along the Pungo River. You, amazing. Amazing. And this is how, you know, my brother and I are very much related because my favorite dish there is eggs benedict <laughs> and um but if you go there and you like bloody mary's I love bloody mary's um they have the best bloody mary platter so not only is it the drink but they put like a whole spread around it and it what? could honestly be a meal in itself it's amazing and beautiful it, the presentation is amazing so highly recommend oh my
1: gosh. Food
0: river in bellhaven um it's amazing and the branding is on point, too. So since we're <laughs> kind of talking about that, it's a great segue.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's something I definitely want to go. I think we should take a trip. Gabby, we should take a trip. <laughs> we yeah. should take a trip and drive. Like how long, how far you think it is from Raleigh, like two hours?
0: Um, I would say it's about 90, Greenville's 90 minutes from Raleigh. So I'd say it's probably two and a half hours. But there's some really cute bed and breakfasts over there, too. So okay. you could spend the night, make a little weekend out of it. Ooh, but it is yes, community
1: too. Okay, thank you for the Rex.
3: Never heard of a Bloody Mary platter. That sounds so intriguing that I think I will make the journey out sometime. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Um. So now I really want to dive into talking about um our topic on today. So first, um, Mike, I just want to know a little bit about you more and what kind of led you into the design field.
2: Um. So interesting path, I think I had, so growing up, I was always, so my dad is a contractor. um, So he always had like wood in the back of his dump truck, big cement finisher, uh, you know, things like that. So when I was young, I built this insane tree house, like in our woods. I was like in seventh grade or something. So my path started with just like architecture. I want to say, I wanted to go into architecture so i went to kent state for architecture then i realized i want like i love just the design part of it like i love drawing um i love concepting but physics and and no so i found this i actually didn't even know this was a uh a major visual communication design and that's where i switched my sophomore year so um that's a four-year program super intense a lot of late nights project-based Uh, a lot of presentations, you know, pitching your concepts, and I loved it, Um, and that's sort of where I fell in love with brand.
3: Yeah, you know, you always learn something new, uh, different kinds of career paths, and different ways of getting there with all these different college majors. Um, I I had never even heard of that major either, so it's really cool to hear how, you know, people can find their ways into these positions. So, um, Maria, you know, I am pretty familiar with how you were a news anchor before. So what made you want to transition into marketing?
0: Yeah. So my professional background is journalism and I spent 10 years as a broadcast news anchor and reporter. Um, Also have some producing experience too. So I decided to change careers in the middle of COVID uh, because what better time than to just Change your whole life, right? <laughs> um, so I had always been interested in communication and public relations and being on the media side already, I you know worked with a lot of organizations and saw great media relations techniques and not so great media relations techniques. And I knew that I wanted a job where I could help people figure all of that out. Um, So the Greenville ANSI Alliance was actually formed in 2019 and they started hiring staff in 2020. So it was a brand new organization and the director of marketing and communications position was brand new. I applied and realized it was a great fit. So the offer was there. I accepted it and then kind of started um, in this new career. It was a great transition in the communications and marketing aspect, but So my organization now is an economic development organization, which is something that I was not familiar with aside from covering um, economic development in Greenville already. So essentially our organization is responsible for growing the community through business and industry. So we want to attract Greenville as the premier destination for businesses in our target industries, which would be pharmaceutical manufacturing, uh, advanced manufacturing, and that those types of careers because we have the workforce. we have the resources and the infrastructure, and a great tax structure as well. So I use my communication skills more so in an external way, and we um, put together marketing campaigns that attract, Site selectors, businesses, C suite level executives to our community so they can look at opportunities to hire people, expand their businesses, and then, of course, invest in Greenville and Pitt County and overall Eastern North Carolina. While a business may locate in Greenville or Pitt County, you know, we have such a great um, commuting base of people who drive in from all different counties. Uh, Some of our largest companies here attract from over a dozen counties surrounding. So it's a great impact to the entire area. So anyway, a lot of the foundational broadcast skills that I picked up as a news anchor really do transition well into like professional communications and journalism and creative writing. So it was a good transition for me and I'm so glad that I made the jump.
1: I love that. I bet they're super blessed to have you on board. Um, with both of you guys. And, you know, this episode, hold, it, it holds a very close place in BBB's heart because as many of you guys know, one of the the, um, the mission and vision for the Better Business Bureau is for businesses, not just to understand that their brand is an online presence, it's their graphic, is the colors that they choose, but it's the, the value and the mission statement that they carry each and every day. So I am extremely excited to get to dive deep into this conversation with both of you guys to provide our business owners, our consumers, just valuable insight on what is branding and how can that impact or it can destroy your business, right? So uh, Maria, in the most basic way, how can you describe the word um, brand? What does it mean?
0: Yeah. So for the most basic description, it's very, I will say this is really challenging and I've been thinking about this. Um, (laughs) the word brand I would describe as how someone would recognize a company, um, or a person or an organization. Uh, I guess it's kind of fill in the blank, but I would say recognize is probably the most important word that would follow branding. Um, and of course that's more than a logo it's colors, it's fonts, it's voice, it's wording, it's messaging. It is, I mean, even emojis can be part of a brand. Uh, So I think there's a lot of layers and it can be very complex, but overall it's how someone would perceive your company.
2: Uh, I agree with that, Maria. I'll jump in here too. Um, I think, so the world is, it's a conglomerate of brands, right? Like there's the Nikes, the Adidas's, and everybody's different. Some people are connected to Adidas, some people are connected to Nike, and it's this brand. um, uh, You're like a brand ambassador, basically. And brands really want to emotionally connect with their consumers. So, so there's this, we look at it as funnels, kind of, there's like this top funnel branding, which would be your logos, your colors, like, the most recognizable thing. If you're driving on a street and you all you see is like a, a billboard, right? And it's flooded uh, magenta. You think T-Mobile. Um, I honestly don't even know what T-Mobile's logo looks like, to be honest. I just think of magenta. Um, and then from there, so let's imagine that is the top funnel. And then it trickles down into like this brand execution. Um, which would be like your packaging if you're a uh, you know a consumer facing retail brand, like your packaging, your social media, your letterheads, things that are internal too. Um, and internal branding is is completely different subject, but <laughs> yeah, if you look at it as funnels and connecting emotionally with your consumers however however it can be done, that's um. That's a big part of branding.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like um, in the communication world, we learn a lot about channels, and you know, you use these channels to communicate with your customers, with um, your coworkers, even. So it really sounds like your brand is the channel you use to reach your consumers. Definitely. Um, so going back to that. What are some of the main components, uh, Mike or Maria, you guys can add to these that you'll find in a company's brand?
0: I would say for the most, um, sorry, the most basic brand necessities for a company, no matter what your service or product you're providing, is a logo, a website, and probably social media. Like very... um, outward facing things that people can look at and see. And of course with the logo comes, you know, the colors and all of that, but I would say the very basic for a small company employee base of one person that should be probably, you know, a very basic component. Mike can probably share more specifics on, on that and any other uh, components.
2: Uh, I, I agree completely. I would definitely do logo color. Um, Maybe yeah, logo color, social media, I think is is huge. A website. I mean, if you think about trust, honestly, it's if I have a problem with a product, I'm probably direct messaging, DMing their Instagram or something. Like I would maybe go to their website, but um, I think a website legitimizes, le- legitimizes, is that the, the word? Legitimizes your company. Um but I think social media is, is the way that consumers are actually connecting. You feel, you know, a part of it. You can leave a comment on, on their page. Um, it's really back to the brand definition here, uh, emotionally connecting to consumers.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. You know, on a personal level, if I find a business that, for example, like some businesses, they have all of all of the platforms. And then some businesses are like missing, like there's gaps in between. So if there's a business that that has a hot and popping social media account, like an Instagram, but they don't have a a website, to me, it's just like, can I trust them? You know, so what you guys are saying is spot on. Now, this question is for both of you guys. How should you determine if you need a a rebrand? If you need to rebrand your entirely or just like refreshing your brand. And this is including maybe we can dive d- deep into, you know, what platforms should you have? Whether should you just have uh, a website and forget about social media or should you just have vice uh, the opposite?
2: Maria, I'll let you take this since we literally did this a year ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so my company was brand new and needed a brand. So that's one aspect. And then I've seen so many companies go through rebranding and, you know, as a professional in the field, you kind of look at it from that space as well. Like, Oh, I love their new logo. Do I maybe feel like I can trust them more? Honestly, probably. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say that, but visual appeal has a lot to do with a brand and being able to trust them. Um, okay, so I think as a business owner, uh, for those who are listening to this podcast, I think you'll know when it's time to rebrand. Um, if you don't already have a brand, this is your message that this is your sign. If you're looking for a sign to rebrand, this is it. Um, if you're lacking the other branding elements, like let's say you just have a logo, but you don't have any specific colors, or your logo only comes in a JPEG file because it was designed 15 years ago, yep, this is your sign you should probably rebrand to. It can be a very similar logo maybe, um, but you also may need to look at other elements and adding different things to it. Um, Specifically in the service industry and probably product-based industry, I think it's important to look at your competitors and do some market research if they have a really great brand and they're really connecting with their audience and you're noticing that some of your customers are maybe switching or you're losing business, yeah, maybe it's time for a rebrand on that end, too. Um, I always think this is you know a really great example of you know it's not hard necessarily to start a business and file your paperwork and open up a business. It's harder to sustain the business. And for instance, let's say you're driving down the road and you see a service truck that has a company's name written on the side door. I think all of us can relate to this and we know. Their service may be literally the best in the entire state, but because their company, maybe the logo's not wrapped, I would probably looking side by side at two different service trucks. The one that has the name just typed out on the door and maybe Times New Roman font nothing fancy versus the truck that has a complete wrap with a beautiful logo, maybe their BBB accredited business insignia on the side of the door. And it's just really appealing. If you tell me I have to pick one, I'm going to pick the one that is the most visually appealing, even though the one with the Times New Roman name written on the door might be the better choice. Um, And that's not discounting anything, but I think a consumer Really may choose like that. So, if you don't have the leveled up branding and you think your business needs it, it's probably time to go for it. If you're losing customers and you want to take it to the next level and maybe meet new goals in the new year, especially now's the time to work that into your budget and add it.
2: Um, to go off of that, Maria, I, I, first example that came to my mind was, um, for instance, like Roto Rooter, right? Like a plumbing company. Um, and then maybe it's like a mom and pop plumber. That's probably better. I mean, like, like imagine like you know a mom and pop like they care so much. Whereas like
0: they're local. Big,
2: yeah, a big company like Roto Rooter, even though they have a brand identity, um, you know, they're just trying to fit the like fix stuff as fast as possible. Maybe it's not as uh, the best quality. And for mom and pop you know businesses out there it is so important to have some sort of brand yes. um, just to make you compete and be recognized against these these large franchises um, that's important and then um, i was going to touch on on rebranding and going back to channels i think a good time to know when it's time to rebrand is when your company's direct channels are changing. So, for instance, um, I don't know how close to you guys you guys are with with the soccer world, but Premier League did a rebrand. I don't know five maybe not even five years ago, um, and this incredible London agency called Nomad Studio did this amazing rebrand. Right, so this old logo, which was like a lion, it was like an illustrated lion, um, and they updated it. And one of the reasons is um, e-gaming became a huge part. So, like that's a new channel. That's brand new. Premier League was only you know on TV. Like it's only soccer, and now it's going into like this virtual, um, this virtual world. Um, So as the world is changing, you got to think about how your brand can still stay relevant with these new channels being updated. Um, And to go just to talk about the brand of premier league when the new branding came out everybody was so mad like these these people are so attached to logos and it's a good thing like they love the old logo when there's a rebrand happening and a new logo rolls out fans are mad like they hate it they're like why are we changing our logo that's a good thing really if you look at it that means you're doing a good job like um as a brand because you have all this emotional connection to your brand Um, And then when you rebrand, you just got to give it a month or two and um, people start to love it. um, Repetition is huge. Um, Just the more people see it, the more they love it. But yeah, people hate change because they're emotionally connected to their brand.
1: Right. And to add to what you said, I think this message goes for all local business owners. You know, consumers want to buy from you. Consumers are looking to support the the local business, because guess what? It comes back. So um, it's like a circle, right? So for those business owners out there, make yourself visible to the consumers, you know, make yourself appealing. And this goes to us as well. When we're promoting locally, whether it be nationally, internationally, make yourself um, visible and appealing to to our consumers.
3: Yeah, that's definitely a huge part of branding. And, you know, as Mike was saying, you know, we're seeing brands all the time, changing things up, and it it may anger people um, because there's a lot of emotions involved in just the process of branding. And one great way to kind of control the emotion that your brand invokes is just through the color of things. Um, We all know that different colors evoke different kinds of emotions. So, um, Mike, from a graphic design standpoint, what kinds of colors do you think would be best for showing
2: trust? Uh, I think, I think blue, I guess I'm looking at like Chase bank and PayPal, even Venmo. Those are like the three Facebook, but I guess the first three I said is like money. And obviously you want people to trust, you know, you want trust with your money. So um, I, th- I think blue, but again, it, that's their psychology behind this. Um, but yeah, I mean, Maria, what what are your thoughts? I'd...
0: I think it probably, it depends on your industry first and foremost, like what, you know, what services are you providing? What products are you providing and go from there? Um, but I think it's also funny that the BBB's logo is also blue. So, I mean, <laughs> when I think of trust, yeah, I think blue is probably the first and foremost, but I wouldn't say that you know, if you're a dry cleaner, that your logo has to be blue because you want people to trust you.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I it it does come, yeah. I, I think when I'm doing any sort of brand identity or logo design, a lot of times people are like, I really like purples. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I just kind of take that, put it in the back of my head because I'll probably show a purple option um but i was making a a logo for an engagement group so it was um they said they liked purple and i presented a powerful red to them and it was like like when you present logos it's awesome because you see the the face on people when you when you show them at the first time and they like jaw drop. they were like so when you're picking colors even though it could be subjective Think about what's best for your business and not just what you want.
1: Right, and it's like you know, there, there's a there's um like some uh, study behind like the McDonald's colors. They say every time you see it, it produces you hunger, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Let me get away from McDonald's. You're like, give me that Big Mac. Literally, yo, with the fries. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, no.
3: (laughs) Get rid of all the red and yellow in my apartment here. So I just stop getting (laughs) hungry all the time then. I, I think you just solved all my problems there, Luis.
0: I think, too, it depends where you're from. So Mike and I are from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the home of Heinz Ketchup. So I think it would be very dangerous for any other major industry or company in Pittsburgh to choose a red themed logo because red in Pittsburgh means Heinz. So I think, you know, you have to look at what's already there and do you want to possibly have some confusion or, you know, especially a name so iconic as Heinz, you know, it has transferred into the sports arenas with Heinz field where the Pittsburgh Steelers play. And so you have to think about what's already in your community too, especially if you're something local.
2: Right. And competitive research. Anytime you're, you're doing something like that. Like when Maria and I were, were going through the Greenville Eastern North Carolina rebrand. Um, I was looking all over. I was looking at um, Raleigh at, Um, There's one in Denver, like everywhere, all over to see these um, these economic uh, development companies and kind of seeing what's working with them, how I can leverage what's already out there, but be completely different. And it's really just learning from your competitors.
3: All right. Well, we are just going to take a quick break and we will be right back with the show. This episode of the Brunch with BBB podcast is brought to you by the 2022 BBB Awards and Recognitions presented by North State Bank. Do you own a business or are you a new entrepreneur? What about a student or a student who has their own business? BBB's Educational Foundation has awards for all and applying just takes a few easy minutes. This year, BBB is offering three awards plus eight different scholarships. We have the Torch Award for businesses committed to ethics, the Spark Award for new businesses or young entrepreneurs who show a commitment to character, culture, and community, and the Spark Junior Award for students who run their own business or students that have developed a business plan they want to launch in the future. Also, students, BBB is giving away eight different scholarships totaling $15,000. So, guys, you really don't want this out. Get recognized for your commitment to excellence and visit BBB of Eastern NC's Educational Foundation website to apply today.
1: Now back to the show. You said you said something very key, Mike, that I want us to to highlight. You said research. Research your competitive, learn from them, learn what's What's to offer in your community? That's the key. We always say at the Better Business Bureau, do your research and do it well. That way you know who your competition is, how can you collaborate with them, and how can you learn from them? So this question is for both of you guys. You know, a big factor in branding, and, and I think you said it, Mike, at the beginning, is consistency. Let, let's be honest. That's just not in branding. That's in life. If we have good habits, we're going to you know lose weight, right, Luis? Right. So does being consistent with your brand correlate with how much people trust it?
2: Yeah, I would say so. Um, This is to a point where as a designer, you hate to see all of the work that you did for this brand. You spend countless hours, days creating a logo, picking your colors strategically. and then a month later you, you go on the company's Instagram and things are different colors. Things are, um, you know, that things are rotated that shouldn't be rotated and it hurts you as a designer. Cause you're like, no, this is not what, how we in this. Um, so having a brand guidelines document ensures, um, consistency across your entire brand. Um, and brand guidelines, it could be as basic as just how to use your logo, what colors you use. Um, You could go deeper into other branding. Like you could add a photography style. Um, You can add iconography, um, you know, accent colors, how to use, um, you know, how to use headlines. Like what font are you using for headlines? What font are you using for body copy? Um, And that, so oftentimes we, will share those brand guidelines with external partners. So like somebody who's, you know, running your social media, someone who's building your website, and they have this uh, this amazing document that literally gives directions on how to use
1: your brand elements. How about you, Maria? Do you, you have anything to add on, on that on your end?
0: Um, I think Mike definitely hit the big points with that. Um, I will say having a brand guideline document is essential. I think the investment piece of getting a new logo and adding the brand guidelines is really scary for a lot of businesses, but I think it's important to realize that it is going to pay for itself. It is a one-time investment that is going to likely increase your revenue in the future. It's going to help you become more attractive as an option. Consumers have choices. We all know that. They don't have to choose your company, but you want them to. So that's kind of where like the marketing comes in and and the branding. And if your brand really is maybe the determining factor between a service choice, it's going to be money well spent. So I would say you know choose a designer who is a professional in the field, not yeah. someone who kind of knows their way around Photoshop or Canva. Like that's mm-hmm. not a designer. Um, they can give you maybe a PNG of a logo, but that's also not going to get you very far. Um, You need a legitimate brand kit and it's going to be well worth the cost.
1: Now, um, this question goes for both of you guys. And for those who are listening out there, this episode might be a little bit long, but I promise you all the information is super valuable. As you go into next year and you want to rebrand your business or you just want to start fresh, all these tips that these professionals are giving us is to better our brand and is to gain more capital, right? If,
3: so this if you're is... not even thinking about rebranding, but you know, hearing these things, maybe some light bulbs are going off, and you're getting yeah. ideas about how you can improve those
1: kinds of factors in your company. Right, right. So for both of you guys, Mike and up in the graphic designer or just a designer perspective, which man, any type of designer, whether it's website, uh, anything, clothes, I'm just like. Oh, the creativity that flows from you guys is just amazing. So, you know, what gives you clarity when you are looking for the right way to design for a business? Um, hmm. That's, That's a tough question, one. right? That's a tough one. Um
2: making sure you're on the same page with your client, I think. Um there's there's something called a creative brief. And this kind of goes into who you're designing for, what your company, what your company's mission, what your company's goals are. Um, And as a designer, you have to remember, like, we're not magicians. We need like, we need direction. We need your direction on how
1: you want this to look. And mainly also for the business owner to know what they want and know what they're looking for. Right. Cause most of the time they throw you like so many ideas. Yeah. And oftentimes we'll get a creative brief
2: and they can't, and like clients can't fill it out because they don't even know who their target audience is. They right. don't even know. So it's like, I'll be like, all right, hold up. I can't make anything until you right. know what you want. And I'm not talking about knowing what they want from a, design perspective. I just mean knowing what their business wants, um, put it on paper. And when I present logos, I usually present first page as what they already gave me. So like if their logo is supposed to be for, you know, a nonprofit, we looked at competitive logos out there and we talked about, you know, an overall art direction before diving in. And just constantly going back to the original, um, you know, the original conversation.
0: I think it's important to trust your designer as well. Just like you want to be trusted in your industry, you need to trust your designer and realize, I think, let me say this as well. I think there are so many very talented and obviously successful businesses in North Carolina. And They are, these owners are talented in so many ways and they've most likely built their business from the ground up and have been wearing a lot of hats along the way. When you hire a graphic designer or anyone to do your marketing and branding, you need to trust them that they're going to be doing the best job possible because they are the professionals. It doesn't matter if you have done your marketing for however long yourself, let the people with the formal training in it. Do it and let them advise you along the way. Of course, your input is absolutely important and essential, but you really have to allow them to do what they do. And I think a lot of hangups sometimes come when there's conflict and you know the business owner wants to completely change ideas. Well, okay, but you're still responsible for, you know, working with the designer to make it come to light. And if they really don't recommend something, they're probably not going to want to put their name on it. Mm-hmm. So kind of like seeing it both ways. Um so I would just say bottom line, trust your designer that they're knowing what they're doing. If you're really not happy with what's happened with what's going on, then don't work with them anymore. Um, you know, there's obviously every business knows how to end something that wasn't working. Um, but yeah, that's I would just say that. Yeah,
3: those are some good insights and you know um, companies, when they're thinking about building their presence, they're thinking about working with people to possibly update their brand or create a brand. but they're also thinking about working with people to create a website. you know, We're in this digital age. and especially now you see the Gen Zers coming up where they are graduating college, they're joining the workforce, they have this capital, and they're looking to, um, you know, shop, work with businesses. And you know Gen Z is online all the time. One of the main things they're looking at is the online presence of a company. So, either of you, how important would you say it is that a company has a website in this digital age?
0: I think a website is probably the most important part of your marketing at this point. Um, it's essential. And it doesn't matter if you offer booking services or if you're an online store, it doesn't matter if you're not either of those things, you still need a website. It gives you a presence online and it could be a landing page. It could just be two pages, you know, a homepage and a contact us or an about us, but you need to have something. Um, I think it gives you not only trust, it gives you credibility, it gives you validity Um, and I think the majority of consumers just want to have somewhere to go if they need to look something up or even to look up a phone number. I can't tell you the amount of times I've needed to call a business, especially in the service industry to, you know, cancel an appointment or schedule an appointment. And I couldn't find their phone number because they didn't have a website. Um, and that was frustrating. And, you know, after looking for 10 minutes, I thought, well, okay, this is, you know, they came highly recommended, but why was it so hard to find a phone number?
2: Yeah. And on top of that, to dive deeper into websites, it is essential, number one, but number two is um, having a a domain that makes sense with your company. I was working with, well, I won't name drop, but working with companies that have like, super long domains. And um, it's just not easy for a consumer to to go to. Um, So keep your domain straight into the point. And domains are like $10 a year. So I'll often recommend like buying two domains and having them both point to the same site.
1: I agree also, man. So, you know, this can be for both, both of you guys, uh, mainly for Maria, because you're in that world as well, but also from a, a, a graphic designer point of view, whether the information that you use, maybe even the colors. But um, and, and we're focusing a little bit on colors because there's some background to it and also some wording because there's backgrounds to it. What makes me feel, what makes the consumer feel comfortable. So, you know, what are some ways companies can portray trust through social media?
0: So I would say my number one tip of earning someone's trust. So I think portraying is one thing, but you, the action is that you want to earn it. Um, And I think that the best way to do that through social media is to be helpful. If you're just posting the services you offer on social media all the time, literally no one cares. I think (laughs) that it will be so (laughs) difficult for you to get new customers unless you are helpful. So sure you can post, Hey, we, did you know we offer this service? okay, so you're letting people know about the service that's informative, but why do they need it? Is this because they have, you know, an issue in their home? Is it because it's unsafe if they don't have it, you know, offer something that's helpful information that they're going to take away and give them that emotional connection of why they need you. Um, and you know, you don't have to offer free information and advice that you would otherwise charge for. But the goal is to get them to pick up the phone and call you and make an appointment or, you know, go to your website and there's this thing in social media and in marketing we call it a call to action. Every post on social media should have a call to action. Um, And you're posting your imagery, your word usage, even I think I said earlier about emoji use all these things play a role in your brand. Um, So if you have stock imagery, make sure it falls in line with your brand. Make sure your logo is maybe in the bottom of a graphic. If you create graphics, make sure your fonts and your colors and just like the overall look and feel is consistent with your brand. Um, I will say too that I mentioned stock imagery, but I think um, real pictures of real people have the best engagement on social media. So I guess there's really two things that you have to consider with social media. Number one, are you staying true to your brand and are you being helpful to your consumer? And number two, what kind of content can you post that's going to get people to engage? Um, So you kind of have to blend all of that together and come up with what is a perfect post. And there's lots of layers and elements to that, but I would say you want to be helpful in your caption and then you want your image or graphic or video to be of something real and realistic, um, and it can be a graphic. Of course, it you know graphics are impactful in social media, but you want to um, make sure that what you are posting is a good representation of your company and of your brand.
3: Yeah, those are some really good insights, especially for me because I, I'm all up in this social media world, and I've always heard the same thing too that. You know, we're human, so we really will connect with images of other people on social media. um, And and that just really helps drive up engagement so much. And, you know, social media, again, is such a huge way to help show what your business is and why people should trust you. Um, So for either of you guys, do you have any other advice on some other ways companies can go about showing their trustworthiness?
0: I will say um, I have become a huge fan of Google My Business. So it's, of course, through Google. And if you Google your company's name, like you should do at least once a month, you always should do that, including your name. I highly recommend. Um, But as you do that, there's this little thing on the side that will come up and likely share your location, your telephone number, um, reviews. Anyone can review on Google. It's free, so you may collect a lot of reviews that you don't know you have. And if you have the type of Google My Business account that connects with it, you get notifications. It allows you to kind of almost treat it as social media. You can share posts, you can share updates to your hours if you're closed for you know a holiday or an event. Um, you can update your hours. You can post specials, uh, all kinds of really cool things. But bottom line, if you don't already have one, I suggest that you would create one for your business and maintain it. So when people post a review, whether it's, well, I think we all hope that they're good, write them a comment and say, Hey, thank you so much for stopping in. Or we loved working with you. Uh, please come back. We can't wait to see you again. Um, responding to them as often as you respond to good ones. And unfortunately, if there are bad ones, When it comes to that type of crisis communication though, my advice would be to take it offline. Um, So I know this is not about crisis communication at all, but I think anytime you're replying to a negative review, it's important to reply and publicly address, You know, I'm so sorry that this happened. We'd love to talk to you in more detail and make it right. Can you give us a call? Or please DM us your email and we'll follow up. Um, So take it offline, but respond. Um, but I do think it's a great way for a company to have a digital presence in a more um, forward facing way that, you know, Google is obviously the number one search engine. So you want to have something there that's going to allow people to trust your business.
2: Maria, that's a good point on on um, commenting on people's posts, because going back to emotionally connecting your brand with um, with your consumers, your customers super important whether that's even like a like just like their like their comment on your instagram page um it's cool like imagine if i commented on nike's you know photo and they go and like my comment like that's sweet um having this
1: connection with the brand that you're you know reviewing is is great definitely agree now you know, to kind of close it out, building trust, as you guys know, is one of the um, the benefits of good branding, I would say, you know, and what are some other maybe benefits that you get from, from this?
0: My three words that I kind of think about when I think of branding, well, I guess four if you include trust, um, I would say branding gives you awareness. It gives you credibility and also reliability. I think when people see a brand, they know not only that they can trust you, but you're going to show up when you need to. Um, And you're a reliable source of whether that be a service, an information, a product. Um, So those would be my my three words.
2: Yeah, I think recognition would be in there as well. You want to stand out. You want to be recognized as one of the best. and seeing your, you know, seeing your logo across multiple platforms is super important.
1: So good. Now, you know, sometimes as business owners or business, typical business owners, they tend to forget that they were once consumers or that they still are consumers. And sometimes when you're rebranding, it's super important to, to put yourself in the, in the shoes of consumers. How do you want consumers to look at your business? So I think every point that you guys have touched today, it's super vital for us to, um, you know, take a piece of paper, um, pen, and just write it down. If you're driving, just rewind it. Don't don't write. <laughs> but for both of you guys, where can our listeners find out more about you and all the exciting things that you guys are doing?
0: Uh, so for... Myself, professionally, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and you can just search Maria Satira Media is kind of like my own personal brand that I've created. Um, and then you can also check out my website. And I have a marketing blog that I update frequently with just like information and trends that I'm seeing in the industry and some like, honestly, just tips and free advice for small businesses and nonprofits specifically. And my website is mariacatira.com.
3: Awesome.
2: Um, if you're interested in seeing my work, uh, I have a portfolio up at MikeSatira.com. Um, shoot me an email, say hi, what's up. Um, definitely open to chatting with anybody
1: listening. Awesome. This is so cool. I love it. Thank you guys for joining us.
0: Thanks for having us. And yeah, I was a great time and always love brunch, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yes. This was awesome, especially for me, because I just learned so much, you know, um, branding, marketing are all things that are always floating through my head. And it's great just to always get different perspectives. So once again, Mike, Maria, thank you guys so very much for joining us today. Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Um, and I also want to take a moment, too, you know, because this is going to be our last episode of 2021. So I'm going to go ahead and thank you, uh, the listener, for tuning into our show. And, you know, of course, I'm going to thank you, Luis, for hosting with me. Um, please don't forget to go follow us across all social media at BBB Eastern NC. And we'll see you guys in the new year.